Chapter 8 I will raise up one shepherd. Ezekiel 34.23 Focus Four Messianic Prophecies and Their Fulfillment in Christ Paragraphs 1-3 through three. Question Why is Ezekiel's heart heavy, and what is he now inspired to record? It is the sixth year of Ezekiel's exile. The footnote reads, The first year of the exile began in 617 BCE, when the initial Jewish captives were taken to Babylon. Hence, the sixth year began in 612 BCE. End of footnote. The prophet's heart is heavy as he reflects on the sad state of rulership in Judah, his beloved homeland hundreds of miles away. He has seen rulers come and go. Ezekiel was born in the middle of the reign of faithful King Josiah. Ezekiel must have been thrilled when he learned about the campaign Josiah had conducted to destroy graven images and to restore pure worship in Judah. But Josiah's efforts did not lead to permanent reform, for he was followed by kings who, for the most part, continued to practice idolatry. Not surprisingly, under such bad rulers, the nation has sunk ever deeper into the mire of spiritual and moral decay. Is all hope lost? By no means. Jehovah inspires his faithful prophet to record a prophecy, the first of several, about the Messiah the future ruler and shepherd who will permanently restore pure worship and tenderly care for Jehovah's sheep. We do well to consider those prophecies carefully, for their fulfillment affects our everlasting future. Let us then examine four messianic prophecies found in the book of Ezekiel. A tender shoot becomes a majestic cedar. Paragraph 4. Question. What prophecy did Ezekiel relate, and how did Jehovah introduce that prophecy? About 612 BCE, the word of Jehovah came to Ezekiel, and he related a prophecy that shows the scope of Messiah's rule and the need to trust in his kingdom. Jehovah introduced the prophecy by directing Ezekiel to tell his fellow exiles a prophetic riddle that illustrated the faithlessness of Judah's rulers and underscored the need for the righteous messianic ruler. Ezekiel 17, 1 and 2 Paragraph 5. Question. What is the gist of the riddle? Ezekiel 17, 3-10 reads, You must say, this is what the Sovereign Lord Jehovah says. The great eagle, with great wings, long pinions, and full colorful plumage, came to Lebanon and took the top of the cedar. He plucked off its topmost shoot and brought it to the land of traders and set it down in a city of traders. He then took some of the seed of the land and put it in a fertile field. He planted it like a willow by abundant waters. So it sprouted and became a low, sprawling vine, with its foliage facing inward and its roots growing under it. Thus it became a vine and produced shoots and sent out branches. And there came another great eagle with great wings and large pinions. This vine then stretched its roots eagerly toward him, away from the garden beds where it was planted, and it sent out its foliage toward him so that he would irrigate it. 
It had already been planted in a good field near abundant waters in order to produce branches, to bear fruit, and to become a majestic vine. Say, This is what the Sovereign Lord Jehovah says. Will it prosper? Will someone not tear out its roots and make its fruit rot and cause its sprouts to wither? It will become so dry that neither a strong arm nor many people will be needed to pull it up by the roots. Although it is transplanted, will it prosper? Will it not dry up completely when the east wind blows on it? It will dry up in the garden bed where it sprouted. Here is the gist of the riddle. A great eagle plucks off the topmost shoot of a cedar tree and sets it down in a city of traders. The eagle then takes some of the seed of the land and plants it in a fertile field by abundant waters. The seed flourishes, growing into a sprawling vine. Next, a second great eagle appears. The roots of the vine reach eagerly toward the second eagle, seeking to be transplanted by it to another well-watered spot. Jehovah condemns the vine's actions, indicating that its roots would be torn out and that it would dry up completely. Paragraph 6. Explain the meaning of the riddle. What did the riddle mean? Ezekiel 17, 11-15 reads, And the word of Jehovah again came to me, saying, Please tell the rebellious house. Do you not realize what these things mean? Say, Look, the king of Babylon came to Jerusalem and took its king and its princes and brought them back with him to Babylon. Furthermore, he took one of the royal offspring and made a covenant with him and put him under an oath. Then he took away the prominent men of the land, so that the kingdom would be brought low, unable to rise up, so that only by keeping his covenant might it continue to exist. But the king finally rebelled against him by sending his messengers to Egypt to obtain horses and a large army from them. Will he succeed? Will the one doing these things escape punishment? Can he break the covenant and still escape? In 617 BCE, King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon, the first great eagle, besieged Jerusalem. He plucked Judean king Jehoiakim, the topmost shoot, from his throne and brought him to Babylon, a city of traders. Nebuchadnezzar put Zedekiah, one of the royal seed of the land, on the throne in Jerusalem. The new Judean king was made to take an oath in God's name, obligating him to be a loyal vassal king. But Zedekiah despised his oath. He rebelled against Babylon and turned to the Egyptian pharaoh, the second great eagle, for military help, but to no avail. Jehovah condemned the disloyal actions of that oath-breaker, Zedekiah. In the end, Zedekiah was dethroned, and he died in prison in Babylon. Paragraph 7. Question. What lessons can we learn from the prophetic riddle? What lessons can we learn from the prophetic riddle? First, as pure worshipers, we need to be true to our word. Let your word yes mean yes. Your no, no, said Jesus. Matthew 5:37. If we find it necessary to swear before God to tell the truth, such as when testifying in a court of law, 
we view such an oath as a serious matter. Second, we must guard against misplaced confidence. The Bible warns us, Do not put your trust in princes nor in a son of man who cannot bring salvation. Psalm 146, 3 Paragraphs 8-10 through 10. Question How did Jehovah describe the future messianic ruler, and how is the prophecy fulfilled? There is, however, a ruler who is fully worthy of our confidence and trust. After presenting the prophetic riddle about the transplanted shoot, Jehovah drew on the same poetic imagery to describe the future messianic ruler. What the Prophecy Says Ezekiel 17, 22-24 reads, This is what the Sovereign Lord Jehovah says, I will take a shoot from the top of the lofty cedar and plant it. From the top of its twigs I will pluck a tender shoot, and I myself will plant it on a high and lofty mountain. On a high mountain of Israel I will plant it, and its branches will grow, and it will produce fruit and become a majestic cedar. And every kind of bird will live beneath it and reside in the shadow of its foliage. And all the trees of the field will have to know that I myself, Jehovah, have brought down the high tree and exalted the low tree. I have dried up the green tree and made the dry tree blossom. I myself, Jehovah, have spoken and have done it. Now, it is not great eagles, but Jehovah himself who will take action. He will pluck a tender shoot from the top of the lofty cedar and plant it on a high and lofty mountain. This shoot will flourish, becoming a majestic cedar, providing lodging for every kind of bird. Then all the trees of the field will know that it is Jehovah himself who has made this majestic tree flourish. How the Prophecy is Fulfilled Jehovah plucked his son, Jesus Christ, from the kingly line of David, the lofty cedar, and planted him on heavenly Mount Zion, a high and lofty mountain. Jehovah thus took his son, who was considered the lowliest of men by his enemies, and exalted him by giving him the throne of David his father. Daniel 4.17 and Luke 1.32 and 33 like a majestic cedar, the messianic king, Jesus Christ, will tower over the entire earth and be a source of blessing for all his subjects. Here, indeed, is the ruler worthy of our trust. In the shade of Jesus' kingdom rule, obedient humans earthwide will dwell in security and be undisturbed by the dread of calamity. Proverbs 1, 33. Paragraph 11. Question. What important lesson can we learn from the prophecy about the tender shoot that becomes a majestic cedar? What we can learn from the prophecy The thrilling prophecy about the tender shoot that becomes a majestic cedar enables us to answer an all-important question. In whom will we place our trust? It is foolish to trust in human governments and their military might. To find real security, we are wise to place our full confidence and trust in the Messianic King, Jesus Christ. The heavenly government in His capable hands is mankind's only hope. 
The one who has the legal right. Paragraph 12. Question. How did Jehovah make clear that he had not abandoned his covenant with David? From the divine explanation of the prophetic riddle about the two eagles, Ezekiel understood that Zedekiah, an unfaithful king in the royal line of David, would be dethroned and taken captive to Babylon. Perhaps the prophet wondered, what about God's covenant with David, which promised that a king from David's family line would rule forever? If Ezekiel did ponder such a question, he did not have to wait long for an answer. About 611 BCE, in the seventh year of the exile, while Zedekiah was still ruling in Judah, the word of Jehovah came to Ezekiel. Ezekiel 20, verse 2. Jehovah had him relate another messianic prophecy, one that made clear that God had not abandoned his covenant with David. On the contrary, the prophecy indicated that the future messianic ruler would have the legal right to rule as the heir of David. Paragraphs 13 and 14. Question. What is the gist of the prophecy recorded at Ezekiel 21, 25 through 27? And how is the prophecy fulfilled? What the prophecy says. Ezekiel 21, 25 through 27 reads, But your day has come. O fatally wounded, wicked chieftain of Israel, the time of your final punishment. This is what the Sovereign Lord Jehovah says. Remove the turban and take off the crown. This will not remain the same. Raise up the low one and bring low the high one. A ruin, a ruin, a ruin I will make it, and it will not belong to anyone until the one who has the legal right comes, and I will give it to him. In no uncertain terms, Jehovah through Ezekiel addresses the wicked chieftain of Israel, whose time of punishment has arrived. Jehovah tells this wicked ruler that his turban and crown or diadem, symbols of royal power, would be taken from him. Then, ruling powers that had been low would be raised up, and those that had been high would be brought low. The ruling powers raised up hold sway, but only until the one who has the legal right comes, and then Jehovah gives that one the kingdom. How the Prophecy is Fulfilled In 607 BCE, with the destruction of Jerusalem, the high kingdom of Judah centered in Jerusalem was brought low when the Babylonians destroyed that city and took captive the dethroned King Zedekiah. Then, with no king in David's royal line ruling in Jerusalem, the low Gentile powers were raised up, leaving them in control of the earth, but only for a limited period of time. The Gentile times, or the appointed times of the nations, ended in 1914, when Jehovah conferred kingship on Jesus Christ. Luke 21:24. As a descendant of King David, Jesus indeed had the legal right to the messianic kingdom. The footnote reads, Jesus' line of descent from David is well documented in the inspired Gospels. End of footnote. Hence, in Jesus, Jehovah fulfilled his solemn promise to give David a permanent heir to an everlasting kingdom. Paragraph 15. Question. 
Why can we have the utmost confidence in the King, Jesus Christ? What we can learn from the prophecy. We can have the utmost confidence in the King, Jesus Christ. Why? Because unlike worldly rulers who may be elected by humans or may usurp ruling authority, Jesus was chosen by Jehovah and given a kingdom to which he has the legal right. Daniel 7, 13 and 14 Surely the king whom Jehovah himself has appointed deserves our confidence. My servant David will become their shepherd. Paragraph 16. Question. How does Jehovah feel about his sheep? And how were the shepherds of Israel in Ezekiel's day treating the flock? Jehovah, the supreme shepherd, deeply cares about the welfare of his sheep, his earthly worshipers. When he entrusts the care of his sheep to human under-shepherds, those in positions of authority, he closely watches how they treat his sheep. Imagine then how Jehovah must have felt about the shepherds of Israel in Ezekiel's day. Those leaders shamelessly ruled with harshness and tyranny. As a result, the flock suffered with many abandoning pure worship. Ezekiel 34, 1-6 Paragraph 17, Question How did Jehovah rescue his sheep? What would Jehovah do? I will demand an accounting, he said to the harsh rulers of Israel. He further promised, I will rescue my sheep. Ezekiel 34, 10 Jehovah always proves true to his word. In 607 BCE, he rescued his sheep by using the invading Babylonians to strip those selfish shepherds of rulership. Seventy years later, he rescued his sheep-like worshippers from Babylon and brought them back to their homeland so that they could restore true worship there. But Jehovah's sheep remained vulnerable, for they would continue under the domination of worldly powers. The appointed times of the nations would run for many more centuries. Luke 21:24. Paragraphs 18 and 19. Question. What prophecy did Ezekiel relate in 606 BCE? Back in 606 BCE, about a year after Jerusalem's destruction and decades before the Israelites were delivered from Babylonian exile, Jehovah inspired Ezekiel to relate a prophecy that reflects how deeply the Supreme Shepherd cares about the eternal welfare of his sheep. The prophecy describes how the Messianic ruler will shepherd Jehovah's sheep. What the Prophecy Says Ezekiel 34, 22-24 reads, And I will save my sheep, and they will no longer become something to prey upon, and I will judge between a sheep and a sheep. I will raise up one shepherd over them, my servant David, and he will feed them. He himself will feed them and become their shepherd. And I, Jehovah, will become their God, and my servant David a chieftain among them. I myself, Jehovah, have spoken. God will raise up one shepherd, whom he calls my servant David. The words one shepherd, along with the singular use of servant, imply that the ruler would not revive a dynasty of kings in David's line, 
but would be the one permanent heir of David. The shepherd ruler will feed God's sheep and become a chieftain among them. Jehovah will make a covenant of peace with his sheep. Blessings will pour down on them like the rains, and they will experience a delightful condition of security, refreshing prosperity, and fruitfulness. Why, peace will prevail not only among humans, but also between humans and animals. Ezekiel 34, 25-28 Paragraphs 20 and 21 Question A. How is the prophecy about my servant David fulfilled? Question B. What do Ezekiel's words about a covenant of peace mean for the future? How the prophecy is fulfilled By calling this ruler my servant David, God pointed prophetically to Jesus, the descendant of David who has the legal right to rule. When on earth, Jesus proved to be the fine shepherd, giving his life in behalf of the sheep. John 10, 14 and 15 But now he is a heavenly shepherd. In 1914, God installed Jesus as king and entrusted him with the responsibility to shepherd and feed God's sheep on earth. Shortly afterward, in 1919, the newly enthroned king appointed the faithful and discreet slave to feed the domestics, God's loyal worshipers who have the heavenly or the earthly hope. Matthew 24, 45-47 Under Christ's direction, the faithful slave has kept God's sheep well-fed with spiritual food. This food has helped them to promote peace and security in the spiritual paradise that is now taking shape. What do Ezekiel's words about a covenant of peace and reigns of blessings mean for the future? In the coming new world, Jehovah's pure worshipers on earth will experience to the full the blessings of the covenant of peace. In a literal, global paradise, faithful humans will never again be threatened by war, crime, famine, sickness, or wild animals. Are you not thrilled at the prospect of everlasting life on a paradise earth where God's sheep will dwell in security with no one to make them afraid? Ezekiel 34, 28 Paragraph 22 Question How does Jesus feel about the sheep? And how can those serving as under-shepherds reflect his concern? What we can learn from the prophecy Like his father, Jesus deeply cares about the welfare of the sheep. The shepherd king sees to it that his father's sheep are well-fed spiritually and that they enjoy peace and security in the spiritual paradise. How reassuring it is to be under the care of such a ruler. Those serving as under-shepherds need to reflect Jesus' concern for the sheep. Elders are to shepherd the flock willingly and eagerly and to be examples that the sheep can imitate. Never would an elder want to mistreat one of Jehovah's sheep. Remember Jehovah's words to the harsh shepherds of Israel in Ezekiel's day. I will demand an accounting. Ezekiel 34.10 The supreme shepherd keeps a close eye on how his sheep are treated, and so does his son. David, my servant, will be their chieftain forever. 
Paragraph 23. Question. What promise did Jehovah make regarding unifying the nation of Israel, and how did he fulfill it? Jehovah wants his worshipers to serve together in unity. In a prophecy about restoration, God promised that he would gather his people, representatives of both the two-tribe kingdom of Judah and the ten-tribe kingdom of Israel, and reunite them as one nation, as if causing two sticks to become one in his hand. Ezekiel 37, 15-23 In a fulfillment of the prophecy, God restored a united nation of Israel to the Promised Land in 537 BCE. The footnote reads, Ezekiel's prophecy about two sticks and how it was fulfilled will be discussed in chapter 12 of this publication. End of footnote. But that unity was only a token of a far grander and more lasting unity to come. After promising to unify Israel, Jehovah gave Ezekiel a prophecy about how the future ruler would bring true worshipers together earthwide in a bond of unity that would last forever. Paragraph 24. Question. How does Jehovah describe the Messianic ruler, and what will this king's rule be like? What the Prophecy Says Ezekiel 37, 24-28 reads, my servant David will be their king, and they will all have one shepherd. They will walk in my judicial decisions and carefully observe my statutes. They will dwell on the land that I gave to my servant, to Jacob, where your forefathers lived, and they will dwell on it forever, they and their children and their children's children. And David, my servant, will be their chieftain forever and I will make a covenant of peace with them. It will be an eternal covenant with them. I will establish them and make them many, and place my sanctuary among them forever. My tent will be with them, and I will be their God, and they will be my people. And the nations will have to know that I, Jehovah, am sanctifying Israel when my sanctuary is in their midst forever. Jehovah once again refers to the Messianic ruler as my servant David, one shepherd and chieftain. But now Jehovah also calls this promised one a king. What will this king's rulership be like? His rule will be permanent. The use of the terms forever and eternal suggests that there will be no end to the blessings of the king's rule. The footnote reads, Regarding the Hebrew term rendered forever and eternal, one reference work notes, along with the sense of duration, the word bears nuances of permanence, durability, inviolability, irrevocability, and immutability. End of footnote. His rule will be marked by unity. Under their one king, loyal subjects will follow the same judicial decisions and they will dwell on the land together. His rule will bring the king's subjects closer to Jehovah God. Jehovah will make a covenant of peace with these subjects. Jehovah will be their God, and they will be his people, and his sanctuary will be in their midst forever. Paragraph 25. Question. How is the prophecy about the messianic king fulfilled? 
How the Prophecy is Fulfilled In 1919, faithful anointed ones were united under their one shepherd, the Messianic King Jesus Christ. Later, a great crowd from all nations and tribes and peoples and tongues became united with their anointed fellow believers. Revelation 7, 9 Together they have become one flock under one shepherd. John 10.16 Whether their hope is heavenly or earthly, they all obediently walk in Jehovah's judicial decisions. As a result, they dwell together in a spiritual paradise as a united worldwide brotherhood. Jehovah has blessed them with peace, and His sanctuary, representing pure worship, is among them. Jehovah is their God and they are proud to be His worshippers, now and forever. Paragraph 26. Question. How can you contribute to the unity of the spiritual paradise? What we can learn from the prophecy. We are privileged to be united in a worldwide brotherhood engaged in the pure worship of Jehovah. But that privilege brings with it a responsibility. We must contribute to the unity. Hence, all of us need to do our part to maintain harmony of belief and of action. To that end, we eagerly feed on the same spiritual food, hold to the same scriptural standards of conduct, and share in the same vital work of kingdom preaching and disciple-making. The real key to our unity, however, is love. As we strive to cultivate and display love in its many facets, including empathy, compassion, and forgiveness, we contribute to our unity. Love, the Bible says, is a perfect bond of union. Colossians 3, 12-14 Paragraph 27, Question A How do you feel about the Messianic prophecies in the book of Ezekiel? Question B what will we examine in the chapters that follow? How thankful we are for the messianic prophecies found in the book of Ezekiel. Reading and meditating on those prophecies teaches us that our beloved King, Jesus Christ, deserves our trust, has the legal right to rule, tenderly shepherds us, and will preserve us in a bond of unity that will last forever. How privileged we are to be subjects of the Messianic King. Let us remember that these Messianic prophecies are part of an overall theme of restoration that is developed in the Bible book of Ezekiel. Jesus is the one through whom Jehovah collects together His people and restores pure worship among them. In the following chapters of this publication, we will examine that thrilling theme of restoration and how it is developed in the book of Ezekiel. Your Place in Pure Worship 1. What lesson did you learn from the prophetic riddle about the great eagles? 2. Explain how the messianic prophecies found in Ezekiel give you sound reasons to trust in the King Jesus Christ. 3. How can you contribute to the peace and unity of the spiritual paradise?